0: To be with one of the top people in the world today. Give it up for Mr. Patrick, Matt, David. Uh, few things before we get started. I got a couple tips for you guys. Tip number one, never have two glasses of chocolate milk before speaking at an event, just just go there, never, never, I've never done this in my life, until today my kids inspired me, everybody's drinking milk, I said let me drink some milk, don't do it, make a note of it, never do it again if you ever have a speaking engagement, second thing, I have nothing to sell you today, so there is no nothing, I don't have a package to sell you, I'm just here to give you strategies, set aside your credit cards, there is no forms to be filled out. You're just going to get value. Is that okay with you guys? All right, good. Now, by the way, sometimes you do events. Some people do that. Some people don't. I don't have anything to sell you. Stellan Cody, uh, when we were talking earlier, he told me about the lineup of people he had speaking here. Obviously, a lot of folks, I loved your jokes, by the way. We got some, you're, you, you could have been a comedian if you wanted to, you know, but I was listening to some of the speakers, you know, hearing about Tim Grover last night. How many you guys liked Tim Grover being here last night? Unbelievable story he's got. Then hearing about Eric Thomas, I don't think there are many, maybe a handful of people in the world that can motivate like Eric Thomas. How many guys love his message, by the way, right? And then you got a few others. I think you had a, a, a few others. I'm gonna miss them. I don't want to go through them. I know you have Inky Johnson. Inky's, a, we've had him at our event before. We've had ET before. We've had Tim Grober before. So the lineup has been fantastic. And I was asking about the vision. You know what he's doing. He says, Pat, I want to have 10,000 people at an event in three years. I said, you can fully pull it off. Here's why. In the insurance space, there's really nobody that's trying to get the events to the next level to bring everyone together. I'm glad to see somebody doing, especially somebody that's young. I said you're attractive, not only physically, you're a good looking guy, but you also attractive personality wise. He's got a friend here I'm not a big fan of because he's 6'9", he's somewhere around here, running around his business partner, just good people he's got around him. Having said that, let's get right into it, okay. How many guys have no clue who I am? Raise your hand if you have no idea who I am. Phenomenal. You make my job easier. Let's get right into it. So, here's the outcome of this meeting. The outcome of this meeting is leave you, you with ideas on how to drive yourself, build your team and scale your organization. That's my outcome. My goal is to do the next 51 minutes or 52 minutes that I have left with you. My story. Born and raised in Iran. This is me. I lived there for 10 years. Uh, I was born uh, October 18, 1978. This is the peak of the revolution. When my mother was, when the water broke and they were going to the hospital, the, uh, uh, the, the military stopped her with the AK-47s. My dad had to show my wife, you know, her water just broke. We have to go to the hospital. They escorted me to the hospital. I was born October 18, 78. Three months later, the Shah was in exile. Not a nice place to be there for, for, for that time. You know, it's 10 years I lived in Iran, six weeks after Khomeini died. There's a little bit of a background. I don't know. You guys are getting it or no? Do you get a little bit? Okay. If you're good on your side, I'm good on mine. Okay. Six weeks after Khomeini died, we escaped. Went to Germany. I lived at a refugee camp in Germany for a year and a half. From Germany, came to the States. Uh, These are my, uh, one of my report cards. What year is this? Let's see. 1995. Average, below average, possible failure. Below average, possible failure. Average, average, below average, possible failure. You know how some people say this stuff? And then you find out there were 4.4 GPA, there's nothing with four or three in my GPA. My best year was like 2.2. I ended up with a 1.8, didn't do too well in school. Uh, I joined the army, that's uh, myself before the army on the left at 17, then I went to the army. Thank you so much. Any other veterans here, by the way? Anyone else? Thank you for your service. Thank you. So I went to the 101st Airborne, probably one of the best things I ever did joining the military. Uh, I became a specialist and eventually got to a point where I was about to re-enlist to stay in for another six years. I got all the orders. They got me the exact orders I wanted. I was gonna go be in the 18 Delta, fifth group, special forces, go to DLI because I speak five languages, I was going to go airborne, Sears, and I was going to Vicenza, Italy, because I heard Italian women were the best. This is what I heard. I'm just being very old. I'm happily married to a white girl from Texas, by the way. And according, according to Ancestry.com, she's 81% British. And when we were dating, she told me she's Swedish. So you know how you get married, you hear all this other stuff. And apparently, <laughs> apparently uh, Ancestry says I'm 18% Italian. Someone in my family hooked up with an Italian. No one's telling me who it was. But it is what it is. Anyways, so then I want to be the next Arnold. So I said, I want to go win Mr. Olympia. I want to go marry a Kennedy. I want to be a governor. I want to be an actor. I want to do this. And then all of a sudden, while I'm uh, trying to do that, I said, you know what? I don't know if this bodybuilding stuff is for me. I'll go to Mr. Olympia. And all the winners are my friends today. It's so funny because I've interviewed a lot of these guys. But I go to Mr. stroll and I said, so what do I need to really put? I'm using creatine right now. And I'm doing this. And I'm just like, creatine? What do you mean creatine? You know what you got to use to really be able to win? I said, listen, at 6, four and i I'll be 350 off-season. not the way to go. So I set it aside. Day before 9-11, I start working with Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. Anybody familiar with Morgan Stanley Dean Witter? Day before 9-11, that's where I got started. I go in. It's a Monday, everything's good, everyone's happy. Next day, 5.30 in the morning, we got the meeting because I'm in LA. At 30, one of the brokers says, turn on the monitor. We turn it on, plane hits, accidentally. We saw it live, the second plane hit. I'm supposed to go to New York for training at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter, 3,600 employees at New York. You know what happened there. So that's how my career got started. While I'm sitting in a meeting, two days later with Dave Kirby, my manager at the time, which by the way, we got connected 19, uh, 17 years later, just two years ago, he messaged me on Facebook because I've talked about him so much that he finally messaged me. I said, Dave, you changed my life because you gave this guy without a four-year degree a job at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. It was so funny when we're sitting there to to, to get a job. It was me and another girl named Solmaz Rashidi, okay? So we're sitting there, okay? I have no idea what goes on with Morgan Stanley. but I just want this job because the girl I was dating was working on Morgan Stanley. I said, I'd love to work over here, right? So we have to bring a business plan. I don't have a clue what a business plan is, right? So she says, so why don't you go first? So she says, no problem. She takes it. First of all, I want to let you know I graduated in, uh, from UC Berkeley, four-year program in two and a half years. I ran a nightclub for two years. Here's how much money I was making. My SAT score in 1995 was 1560 out of 1600 that was one of the highest scores in the state of California this is what I have here first quarter I'm going to focus on laundry because a lot of Middle Eastern's own laundry mats and according to the city we have 600 laundry mats here second quarter I want to go to doctors third quarter I'm going to go to car washes because they're sitting on so much cash I'm just sitting I'm like I mean listen do you want to hire her I got nothing like this so he says so Patrick how about yourself Where's your business plan I said, Mr. Kirby, with all due respect, I have no clue how to write a business plan. Here's what I do know. My dad worked his tail off. He worked at a 99 cent store in Englewood and he worked 80 hours a week. I come from the military. I will talk to anybody and I will work my ass off if you give me the opportunity. He said, you know what? It was only for one job. I'm going to hire both of you, but you guys have to share one computer together. She can't stand me, by the way. She was like, how the hell do you get a job? I spent $200,000 going to UC, UC Brooklyn. You get a job without even having a degree. So we go, we're sitting by the computer, and uh, she says, do you understand any of this stuff? I said, no. She said, that's good. Let me use a computer. You just stay over. You're not going to be here long-term anyways. That's how the career got started at 21 years old, right? Anyways, here's what did happen. Whether we know it or not, in here, everybody is very lucky to be in the insurance industry. I left Morgan, went to Transamerica, seven and a half years later, made a lot of money. October of 09, I chose to start my own insurance company when I saw what was going on the Limbra in a marketplace with the average agent at the time being a 56-year-old white male. I saw Ron Paul, a 69-year-old man and all four, raised $6 million on MySpace to run for office. And I said, how much? Six million. How long? 24 hours. How old? 69. No problem. Then a one-term senator gave a talk in 04 at the DNC. 08 he runs. He wins office. By five, 10, 20, 30, $40 a month, you know, $40 donations to become a president. I said, you gotta pay attention to social media. Then I saw women wanting to become entrepreneurs. It was a movement. Women want to be entrepreneurs. You know, boss lady, I want to make my money. I want to be independent. Okay, so that's another movement. Third one, the fastest growing demographic in America today, ethnicity, nationality. Anybody knows what it is? Hispanics. Hispanics. (laughs) So I looked at all of that and I said, here's what we're going to be doing. I wrote a book called The Next Perfect Storm. Don't buy it. It's not like, I'm not selling you a book. I wrote it Ten years ago, if you buy it, it's like 99 cents. But if you want to see what I wrote about, I wrote about exactly what I told you. So you pretty much got the premise. Don't buy the book. So watch everybody goes, buys the book, it becomes a bestseller. Don't buy the book. I'm not selling it to you. This isn't no reverse psychology BS type That's of good. stuff. So watch what happens here. That's when you know you're really good in sales, right? You confuse everybody. So so I, st- <laughs> so I, so I start the insurance company and our focus becomes very simple. Social media. Women, Latinos leading with Hispanics, and younger audience. Today, we have, I don't know, a little over 15,000 agents nationwide. We have 150 offices. I'm hosting an event in a couple weeks at MGM Grand Arena. We'll have over 12,000 people there. Nikki Jam is performing. Mario Lopez is our host. I think um, Sebastian Maniscalco is performing. Frederick De Silva. Mike Tyson, I'll stop right there. We got an event that's coming. It's like a $7 million event that we're putting together at MGM Grand Arena. Two years ago, we did one of our events with President Bush, Kobe Bryant. Maybe you guys saw that Kobe Bryant interview where yeah. him and Shaq went at it. That's kind of some of this. So that's what we do with insurance. So now, many of you are here. Some of you are part of an FMO. Some of you are producers. Some of you are part of an IMO. Some of you guys work for the carrier. A few of you are on PNC. I know, I know Cody's gonna work on increasing the PNC audience as well because that kind of goes together. Some of you are on the health insurance side. But regardless of it all, we all made the right choice. This is me at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. Do you remember that soul lady I was telling you about? Look at that smile behind her, bud. That's that's her. She's she's right there. She smiled, and I got that picture. And none of us are with Morgan Stanley Dean Witter today, by the way, just so you know that, right? Obviously. So now the industry. Insurance, life, and health. It's the fifth largest industry in the world, and we are all part of it. $8.45 trillion industry, number two. Financial industry is the largest industry in the world. 22 and a half trillion dollar industry. What does that tell all of us? We are in the right industry and we made the right choice. Who's happy about that, by the way? Yes or no? All right, so now, that's only one part of it. You got a lot of other things you got to figure out, but the point is, if you want to make money, you can make a lot of money in this industry. You want the cars, you want the toys, you want the travel, you want the private school, you want whatever it is that drives you. I like baseball cards. People think I'm crazy because I buy, you know, two, three, four, $5 million cards. I'm in negotiation right now to buy a Mickey Mantle card for $22 million. I like cards. You can make a lot of money in this business, right? But you got to figure out a way how you can get that money. So there's a few things we got to go through. Number one, I've been an employee before, a bad one, a good one, then an okay one. I've been a salesperson before. I was bad, I became good, then I became great. Maybe one of the best in America, by the way. I was a sales leader, a bad one, then a good one, probably one of the better ones we have in America today. And I'm not being cocky with you. I know my peers. We know how to drive salespeople very well. Then I became a business owner. I was terrible at it. I learned how to become a better business owner. Then I was a pretty good one. Then I started raising money. Then the rest is history. Then I've been a CEO, founder. I was a not the best CEO. I had no idea what it was to be a CEO. I invested a lot of money. Uh, I went to many events. I've spent God knows how much money to be around other CEOs, to learn how to become a better CEO. Eventually, I became a decent CEO. I'm still decent. I'm not at a point that I would say I'm a great CEO. I think I'm a good CEO today. I got some work to do. I've been through all these phases. Some of you, I don't know what phase you're at right now. You know what phase you're at. Now, do all of you have your own unique dream that, you know, you think about and you dream about? Yes or no? Raise your hand if you know, you, you know your dreams. How many you guys believe it? Watch this, by the way. Not all of you guys raise your hand quickly. You'll see why that's an issue in a minute here. I said, how many of you guys have your own dreams? Man, right here, I can't see you because the lights on my face. What's your name? Stark. Star- Stark? Yes, sir. What a sick name, by the way. <laughs> that's not your last name, that's your first name. It's my last name. Oh, so what's your first? Tell me it's not Anthony. No, it's Justin. <laughs> what is it? Justin. Justin. Justin Stark. Isn't that like a Hollywood name? Yeah. J- Starring. Justin Stark, right? <laughs> what a name, buddy. You should be like 100% closing ratio with that name, right? (laughs) All right, so I asked you about your dreams. Not everyone's hands went up that quickly. Some of you guys were like, yeah, okay, I hope he doesn't call on me. I'm not gonna raise my hand. What if he does call on me? I don't really know my dream. Who cares about the dreams anyway? So you're gonna find out why that's so important here in a minute. And not in the typical hokey way you hear, by the way, slightly different way. Everybody here, including myself, has to make a decision what position you want to take. Do you want to be the entrepreneur all the way at the top? Do you want to be the entrepreneur? By the way, you guys know the $900 billion man just became official. Anybody knows who he is? Balmer. You guys know he's not an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. He worked for an entrepreneur, but he's still worth $100 billion, which means this whole movement about entrepreneurship, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to make a lot of money. I know people who are employees, never became an entrepreneur, who are billionaires, and I know people who are entrepreneurs barely making 50 grand a year. So you just have to pick your route to get into your dream. So entrepreneur, entrepreneur, maybe you're a supporting cast. I met one of Cody's supporting cast. I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. She was crushing it, going back and forth. She's from Missouri, four hours away from Fort Leonard Wood. Her husband's a veterinarian. They met out of university, happily married. She had a nice ring on, wouldn't, bra- wouldn't stop bragging about her husband. That's a support team. Cody can't pull this off without the support team. That may be her role. Maybe you're a solopreneur. By yourself, you're trying to make some money. I'm not really a big fan of that, but if that's what you wanted to go for, maybe you want to be an influencer. That wasn't for me. I don't want to be like an Instagram here. Let me post my six pack and here's the vitamin I'm taking. Give me $500. That just wasn't me, but there's a model for it as well. Now many will say, but Pat, you are an influencer. You got like a few million subscribers, a few billion views online. What do you mean you're not an influencer? That is a byproduct. That wasn't my ultimate goal. That just kind of happened by me winning in business. Then it's sales. You may want to be one of the best sales people. You may want to be a CEO or founder or inventor. Then there's the other way. How are you gonna make your money? Is your money marriage? It's the fastest way to be a millionaire. Marry one, right? That's the fastest way to be a billionaire. Marry one, right? You're automatically a billionaire. Unless if he asks for a prenuptial agreement, which that's a very smart man or a woman if they do. But if they don't, you are a billionaire. Maybe it's equity, okay? i want to get some equity in a company and if they exit, I wanna have my sell. Maybe it's built to sell. You're building a company and eventually sell. Maybe it's buying and holding domains. You know how many people sell domains? I know a guy sells domains, makes 250 million a year selling domains. That's all he does, selling domains, okay? Maybe it's long-term planning, traditional. Maybe it's a lottery. Maybe it's being an influencer, proprietary product, invest. You're going to sue somebody and you're going to make some money. There's a lot of people that sit around wanting to sue the right person to make some money, right? They're your own land, design, inheritance, family. Many of those are by luck. I kind of want to control how I'm going to make my money. By the way, did you guys see how much money was made during the pandemic? Anybody see how much money was made during the pandemic? Do you see how much criticism these people, how this billionaires became richer and all this other stuff? I'm gonna tell you why that happened all the way at the end of it. But you gotta figure out for yourself where you are in this, where you are with the topic prior to this, like who you wanna be, how you wanna make your money. Now, having said that, let's go. There's a couple of things we need to talk about that's going on in America today. Cody said, Patrick, you know, what I wonder about your style is when you speak, it's like you, you, you are comfortable being controversial and you touch certain topics but you don't offend people, but, but you still touch the controversial topics. Well, I have to touch a t- controversial topic today, so let's talk about it. There's a lady named Jane Elliott. Anybody knows this story? Who knows who Jane Elliott is? Handful of you, I love it. Let's get controversial. Jane Elliott, a day after Martin Luther King is assassinated, does an exercise with her third graders because she's a teacher. So one day, she brings in her classmates and she says, I just want everybody to know in this classroom here, if your eyes are blue, blue-eyed people by study are known to be better, smarter, stronger, and they have more privileges than brown-eyed people. And she says this to these third graders. By the way, if she did that today, she'd be in jail for 20 years, okay? okay. So the kids are like, really? Blue-eyed people? I'm brown. Oh, this sucks. So as she's watching all these kids, day one, they're doing an exercise, and this one brown-eyed person doesn't understand one of the formulas that she's given. And the blue-eyed kid says, oh, you don't understand it? Oh, that's right, you're brown-eyed. So the brown-eyed kid looks at him and says, what'd you call me? Well, you're brown-eyed. Us blue-eyed people are privileged. You're not. The brown-eyed kid comes, shoves the kid, fight breaks out. Teacher comes the next day, says, guys, I have to apologize, I messed up. What's that? The study came back. It's actually the brown-eyed people that are more privileged than blue-eyed people. And they get more privileges, they're smarter, they're stronger by a, by a mile. They're just much stronger and smarter. My mistake, blue-eyed, I know you thought about that, it's really the, the brown-eyed people. So next thing you know, the brown eyes are like, I told you, you know, it's like I'm the brown-eyed, right? The third graders. And the blue-eyed, oh. Really? Yeah, the blue-eyed. You're not as smart as the brown-eyed. So what happens? A day goes by. Two days goes by. One of the kids starts calling one of the blue-eyed, "You bluey! You're a bluey!" Fight breaks out. Right? You know, third graders will say the dumbest things to each other, right? Next day, she comes and she says, "Kids, I've been lying the entire time to you. The world doesn't care whether you're blue-eyed or brown-eyed. Nobody has privileges over you. You want to win big? Go make it happen." You want to learn? You can. Nobody cares about your color, your skin, your ethnicity. Nobody does. Now, some of you don't like this message, but this is coming from a guy who was born and raised in Iran who have been called every single thing in the world because I started off at Morgan Stanley Dean her day before 9-11, and we know who did 9-11. It's from where I'm from. I remember one time I was speaking in Denver, Colorado. The speaker, his name was Jack. It's 06. I've never been introduced this way before. He says, and the next speaker we're bringing up, one of the fastest growing agents in all of America. He's doing stuff we've never seen before. His former occupation is a pilot. He knows how to fly planes. He just doesn't know how to land planes. Help me bring up Patrick with David. Did you, get, did you get it or no? So I come up, I'm like, okay, now here's a crazy thing. I'm not offended, I was in a military. My skin is so thick, like when people try to troll. I'm Like, do you realize how bad we would have trolled you in the army? We would have destroyed you psychologically, you're so sensitive, oh my gosh. Spend a month at our army unit. People are so weak nowadays and so sensitive. So where am I going with this with you? Let me tell you where I'm going with this and you. Here's my point to you, listen. This is the problem we're all facing, and we have to overcome this. Number one, what is America doing today to us? Exactly what I just shared with you, propagandas. Now, propagandas, when I explain it to you, about to look at it in a completely different way. What is the definition of a propaganda? Here we go. Information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. In other words, manipulate. Is that happening today to us, yes or no? Yes. All right, gaslighting. What is gaslighting? Here's gaslighting. Manipulating someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Like, how many guys are sitting here like, maybe maybe we are bad people? I mean, I mean, oh, we must because 798 people said in the last month on TV, oh my gosh, babe, we're such terrible human beings, babe. Babe, you know, moving forward, we have to apologize to everybody. We're such terrible people. What the hell are you, told me? we're terrible? You know 99% of people I meet in my life are good people. I don't know if you know this or not. 99% of people I met in my life are good people. <laughs> Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, educated, doesn't matter. 99% of them are good people, but this is effective. So what does this do? Both can be very effective way to shape a population's mind and they're doing it today and most are falling for it. Now, parents, what do they do? Similar things. They instill beliefs on us. I host a, a monthly webinar with uh, certain CEOs and founders around the world. The one I was doing two days ago, one of the guys, good looking white boy, looks like Brad but like almost too pretty, one chromosome away from being a girl. Like he is way too pretty <laughs> to be a guy. So he's stuck in his head, you know, and he's still like quite, like little timid to himself, but all of a sudden he snapped. This guy has 20 million here, like he has nothing to be embarrassed of. He says, you know what, Patrick, for the last three months, and the book you gave us to read, you know what it made me realize? I said, what? For 29 years, I believe I'm fucking shy. I went to my mom the other day. I said, mom, you've effed me up because everybody you ever introduced me to, here's how you would introduce me. Yes, this is my son, Hunter. He's so shy. Here's my son, Hunter. He's so shy. Okay, you're my hero. I guess I'm shy. And then we act like we're shy. I said, he's so shy. He's so shy, Right? The other day I'm talking to my kids and you know, they're doing jump ropes. So they're going doing jump ropes and my younger one is better at jump rope and all of a sudden the older one comes and does it and we measure how many times we can do because they can get a toy if they hit a number. Everything in our family is like performance based, right? So the older one all of a sudden gets to 39 and the younger one has 28, Dylan. Now Dylan's calves, if you ever see Dylan's calves, it makes no sense, right? So I said to Dylan, look, Dylan, here's how this works. Tico's stamina. You're fast, but Tico's stamina. Meaning, Tico can run long distance, but you are fast. So I walked around and I didn't even think about it. Look at this parent. Look what I just did, right? A week later, Mario comes over, and they start doing the same thing. He says, yeah, you know what my dad told me? My dad said, Tico's the one that can run long distance, but I'm short, distance, so I get tired fast. And I caught him sitting. I'm like, oh, man, you messed up. So I said, let's go for a talk. I said, hey, let me tell you something. I used to not have stamina, but I built it. I'm one of the most, very few people can outlast your daddy. And I think you can do the same as well. You think so, daddy? Of course, buddy. Absolutely. You can do it as well. All right. All right. So the other night we're laying down. Hey, so who's smart in this family? Tico, like the older one. I said, how about you? No, he's smarter. I said, no, I think you're very smart for seven. I wasn't smart like you at seven. You think I'm smart? Of course you're smart. Okay, I'm smart. Now, I don't say things like, you can be anything you want to be in life. That's a lie. I don't say stuff like that, like, hey, you can jump 46 inches. No, that's LeBron James at 680, 265 pounds. You may never jump 46 inches, buddy, right? Your dad's vertical leap is six inches. You don't have good genetics, right? So, so, So I can't say anything because we can't be anything. It's a lie, parents tell, right? And quite frankly, when one day you realize you can't be anything, it messes with you a little bit. Then you have to escape, right? So, instill beliefs. Now, here's the thing we have to realize. These beliefs parents impose on us. Our siblings, our friends, our spouses, our bosses. Some do it intentionally. Most do it unknowingly. Like, don't go call your mom today and say, Mom, you suck. Dad, you screwed up. He knows. We all screwed up as parents. You just want to screw up a little bit less, but... You have to be aware of this. So today we're having lunch. And the conversation starts with me, Tom and Mario, and Sam. And I said, let me ask you a question. So I'm having this conversation. By the way, this content we just came up with, just so everybody knows, this part of it, we just came up with right now. So I'm talking, I'm like, so let me ask you a question. What did your mom tell you your dad tell you when you were a kid that pissed you off? So I go back and like, my dad would always say, Patrick's lazy. Pat's lazy, my grades were lazy, everything was lazy. Pat's lazy, so I'm like, I'm lazy. I'm lazy, I'm lazy, I'm lazy. How about yours? And Tom's like, he's a chatter, chatter what? I don't know, something chatter. What's the word that they call it? Chatter what? Box? So it's box, chatter box. He's a chatter box. So Tom's like, I said, did you like it? He says, honestly, when my mom introduced me like that to people at 12, I don't like that. I said, Mario, how about yours? And we're going through the whole thing. I said, tell me about the positive thing. And Sam tells me about his mom, what, he, what she said about him. He didn't, his father died early when he was a kid, but he tells me about his father. And, and, and Mario tells me about his mom. And, you know, Mario is this. And then Tom tells me his, th- his thing. I said, you know what happened with me? I said, you have no idea how many of those moments I've had with my mom and my dad. You know, some of them could be, you know, all women are dot, dot, dot. You know, men are dot, dot, dot. If your mom tells you a thousand times men are dot, 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 you believe men are dot, dot, dot. So if you got an argument with your husband because your mom told you men are dot, dot, dot. If you got an argument with your wife because your dad told you women are dot, 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 right? So I said, one day, I got so pissed off. I said, I'm going to create my own identity, and here's what it is. You ready? He said, what is that? I said, At 23 years old. I said, I'm going to be known for this. When Pat says something's going to happen, it's done. I wanted everybody to say this who's in business with me. So I started doing it. Can you do this? I can't. Why not? Because if I say it, and if I don't do it, then my reputation of Pat says something, it's going to get done, goes lower. I'd like to keep a score of 80%. When I say I'm going to do something, 80% of the time, guess what I want to be done? I want it to be done. I want that to be my reputation. And I'm going to create on myself. So so Tom, what'd you do yourself? Tom's like, at 33 years old, I created my own reputation. What was it? I leave people better than I found them. That's Tom's MO. Everybody that ever works with Tom says, Tom leaves us better than he found us. Pat, if he says something's gonna get done, gets done. I used this entire method of propaganda and gaslighting on myself. Because at that time when I said it was a lie. But I said it so many times, I guess what happened all of a sudden? If I say it, it's going to happen. So it's a negative thing, but all of you in here can use us positively. Now, your parents, your boss, your peers, your siblings, your friends have years of experience on you doing this. You got to change your reputation in the marketplace. They're not going to do it for you. You got to go out there and start saying, I'm sorry, what was that? No, no. That's a 27-year-old Johnny. Let me tell you what the 41-year-old Johnny is known for. The 41-year-old Johnny is known for dot, dot, dot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Did you see me laughing? (laughs) Uh, No, no, I'm not laughing, I'm dead serious. Oh, bro, I'm just like, no, I know that. I know like you like to say that all the time. You gotta stop saying that, because that was like 14 years ago, bro. I don't live in the past, you do. Can we move on? Yes. All right, okay, cool. You guys gotta stand up for yourself a little bit when people do this to you. Now, let me continue, let me continue. Let me continue. So now, someday you have to determine your own identity and beliefs. You you, You gotta dictate it. You leave this place, If this is just another event, you came here to get a couple pieces of business, maybe meet somebody, maybe network, and you leave and nothing changes about you, this was a waste of an event for you. Not for everybody, but for you. So you got to make some decisions here. Now, power of words. Power of words applies in leadership, persuasion, selling, negotiation, recruitment, scripts, overcoming objections, dealing with underwriters, dealing with insurance companies. It's all words. So here's some of the words I added to my repertoire. Maybe it could help you out as well replace the word should with ought stop telling people what they should do that's not your business tell them this is what you ought to do because ought still gives me an out should doesn't give me an out should is a judgmental word ought is not so replace those two request hey john can i make a request yeah yeah pat what's going on i'd like to see us improve in the following areas man yeah you know what pat we're gonna work on okay cool that's my request. Guys, can I make a request? No, right? Word request. Request. Add it to your repertoire. Next. Hey, Johnny, can I make a suggestion to you? Yeah, of course. What's that? So I can make it to you? Yeah. I don't know if I would put that desk over there. Why not? Here's why. You know how people enter? Whatever it is. Can I make a suggestion to you? Next. Bobby, if I were you, I would consider doing the following. But I'm not you. But if I were you, I would do this. But you got to do what you got to do. But if I were you... I would do that, dot, that, that. Johnny, do I have your permission to be direct with you? Sure. Do I have your permission? Yes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Do I have your permission to be direct with you? Yeah, of course. What happened? You know, the other day family was over and he kind of joked about that one thing. It just really bothered me. Really bothered. I've been thinking about it for four. It's been four days. I'm still thinking about it. Oh, I'm so sorry, babe. No, it's okay, babe. I just want to tell you like moving forward, like that's got to kind of stop. Like it just doesn't sit well with me. I appreciate you listening to me. But, you know, I just want to tell you that. Oh, babe, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll work on a movement forward. Thanks so much, babe. All good. You want to go to dinner? Yeah. Let's go to dinner, right? So, boom, conversation now versus what the fuck I after the other day. You, you mentioned. It's, you know, maybe it's good for movies, but it's not good for marriage, you know, when you're kind of live to animate it. Hey, you know what I want you to consider? What's that? I want you to consider doing this. Consider has an out. Ought has an out. Suggest has an out. Request has an out, right? Let me get back to you. A lot of us want to give answers right now. You would save 80% of your arguments if you just said to people at the end, hey, Johnny, yeah, um, let me get back to you. Okay. Yeah, look, just give me like, a couple of days. All right, cool. You get back to them. If it's important, they'll get back to you. If you make a note of what you're going to get back to, you've you got two days to process the decision whether you want to do it or not. But it's power of words, right? Let me make a case to you why you ought to dot, dot, dot. I'm going to make a case to you guys why you ought to make a lot of money post-pandemic. Really, what is it? Here's what it is. I'm going to make a case to you why you ought to consider getting an annuity right now. I'm going to make a case to you why I want you to consider this kind of an insurance policy. Okay, what is it? Here's my case. And then you go into your presentation, right? Please, thank you. These words have power. A person wants to do business with you if you use these magical words versus somebody else. Who doesn't? If you're in the sales world, you're dealing with people or anything you're doing, these things will do wonders for you. Now let's talk about dreams. How many of have big dreams? Let's see here now this time. That man with the arms across, white shirt, glasses on, he will not raise his hand. Is that your husband, by the way? You're on him or no? Does he have dreams or no? Yes, what's his name? Can you tell us his name? Bart. Bart? Bart. 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 What's, what's his last name? Tell me his last name's not... What is it? Okay, no, no, it's not Simpson, right? So it's what last name is what? Hi, Bart. My buddy Bart. Okay. Let's talk about dreams. Here we go. Number one, serious question. By the way, just so you know, nobody cares if you get this answer right or wrong. So you question. How many of you are one hundred percent clear about your dreams? And goes to the point that if I brought you up, you can recite it in 20 seconds, everybody would believe you. <laughs> how many of you? Come on, miss your hands. I can't. This light is like a tanning bit right here. How many guys? How many guys are so crystal? By the way, I appreciate you for being honest. Look, by the way, let me ask, please put your hands up. And folks, I actually want you to look around. How many of you are so crystal clear about your dreams and goals that you can go on stage and explain it to everybody? Put your hands up, put it up high. Look around, by the way. Good to see you, buddy. You doing good? Good to see you. Look around, look around, look around. Don't look at me, look around. Turn around and look behind you. Look behind you, how few people's hands are up, okay? So now, great, let's process this. So when it comes down to dreams, I can tell you most people are not that clear. We just kind of live our life. It's like, I hope, you know? Now watch this, some of you who are, anybody ever wonders why such a small percentage of people's dreams become a reality? Anybody ever wonders that? Who wonders that? Like, why does such a small people? So I've asked this question on myself so many times. Here's why. Because we don't ask the second, third, or the fourth question. So what's the second question? Here's the second question. Your dreams, that life you want to live. How demanding is that life? How demanding is that dream of yours? What does it require for you to do? Is it a one-year run? Is it a three-year run? Is it a five, 10, 15, 20 run? What is it? How demanding is it? We don't ask that question, but some of us do. But the third one is where people quit and nobody knows. No one knows why people's dreams don't become a reality until the third question. You ready for the third question? Are you willing to meet that demand? You know, there comes a time in your life where you're kind of like, ah, Devin Booker, they ask him, they said, so how was it being in high school? He says, honestly, I never partied. I don't know how it was to party. He says, I practiced in the morning. I went to school. After school, I had double practice. Then I had another league. By the time I came home, I was done with my, I was so tired. My friends wanted me to go out. I never had time to go out. So, and then we see him in the finals, dropping 40-something points, about to win the finals. And people wonder, oh, he must be talented. No, no. He was willing to meet the demand. I wasn't willing to meet the demand in high school. I wasn't. Look at my height. I have an athletic body. I could have played a lot of sports. I wasn't willing to meet the demand, but nobody explained this thing to me. You think I'm gonna explain this thing to my kids when we talk to them? Of course they're gonna answer this question very soon. They're gonna know whether they are or they're not. Well, many of us didn't know, but now you do. So now some of you are like, well, my dreams are pretty big. How demanding is it to have those dreams become real, pretty big. Are you willing to meet the demand? You know what I mean? I don't know. I know, don't get me, don't. 95% is I don't know. Believe me, I know. You know what the last one is? Here's the last one. When you close your eyes and you go visualize that dream, does it make you emotional? Do you actually cry about it? Do you sit there and you say, oh my gosh, if this were to ever become a reality, I would melt, I would melt. How many of you guys can think about your dreams and get emotional, how many of you guys can do that? Raise your hand if you can do that. Now watch how many more hands came up. Now I wonder why that happens to you. Now, I wonder why that happens to you. Somebody told me, she says, well Pat, I'm making $400,000 a year. I was a butcher, I was a butcher before, I was a bartender making $65,000 a year, I'm making 400. What the hell am I doing working 80 hours a week again? Why would I do that? I said, "Uh uh-huh, great question, because dreams are multidimensional, and you've only thought about one dimension. What's that? I just explained this in Aruba. I remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about this. And here's what it is. Most of us, we only think about dreams from what perspective? Whose dreams? Ours. See, it's multidimensional. First way we think about dreams are our dreams. Second way is your spouse's dreams. I asked my wife one time, babe, what are your dreams? Babe, I want to be a poet. Seriously? Seriously, you're not, you're serious? Yeah, babe, I want to be a poet. You, babe, you never told me poetry stuff. Yeah, I write poetry on the side. No shit, yeah. Cool. Man, I've never gotten like a roses are red, violets. This is why I love Patrick so much. I've never gotten nothing like that. I'm like, oh, cool, you write poetry. I don't know what you write, but great. I said, why don't you go do something with that? He says, what do you mean? Let's find the best poet professor in L.A.? And we did, it was a professor at UCLA. So why don't you go pursue it? Go find out if if it tugs you, if it pulls you. She went. It's not just your dreams, it's your spouse's dreams. Babe, what are some of your dreams, babe? We don't ask those conversations. You know what's the next dimension? You and your spouse's dreams together. Babe, how about us one day? What do we wanna be one day? Oh, babe, I never thought about that. I know, babe, but how about us? So it's me, her, us, then it's a kid. We got four kids, and I got a nine, seven, five, and a three-week-old, by the way, just so you guys know, right? Thank you, yes. So, to me, it's my oldest, nine-year-old. Then it's the seven, five. Then it's the three-week-old, right? So the other day, we're driving the car, and I said, hey, Tico Dylan." I keep saying Tico, his name is Patrick, but Patrick Dylan. <sighs> said, yeah, daddy. I said, so, what are you guys gonna do long-term? You guys gonna be in business with your daddy? Are we gonna do business together? They look at each other. Mario, you remember this? Mario, somewhere around here. He says, Well, then, that's a pretty deep question. We gotta get back to on that. (laughs) Yes or no? Mario, where are you? I'm like, you gotta be. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, sure. So I'm driving, I'm like, damn, Mario, that was a deep response. So 10 minutes later, we're still driving. I said, Daddy, we thought about it. What's that, buddy? Me and Tico are going to start a business together. We want to run businesses together ourselves. That's what we're going to do. But not with you, but we're going to do it ourselves. <laughs> I'm like, freaking awesome. Because it's now what your kids' dreams, now it's you, your spouse, and that one individual kid, then it's your kids' together what they're going to be doing. So when you sit there and you kind of and you go to it like, oh my gosh, what if one day and da 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 with the kids running businesses together and I'm... Oh, this is going to feel so freaking amazing. When I was single, 23 years old, the girl broke up with me, like literally a legit breakup. I deserve to be broken up, but she broke up with me, okay? So, guy asked me a question about marriage. I said, you want to get married? I said, you have no idea how bad I want. Since I was six years old, I wanted to be a dad. I wanted to be like my dad. I love my dad. I want to be him. He's my hero, right? So I want to get married. He says, interesting. But I said, I tell you one thing here. So what's that? I said, I would never let my daughter marry me at 23. I got work to do, meaning me at 23. So I said, i am married when I'm ready. Not right now. I wouldn't let my daughter marry me. That's how I talk to myself, right? So this whole conversation about big houses, it has to make sense to me, right? Like why buy a big house? So I'm sitting there. Americans like to do, what do you do when the kids come over? There's a party they call it. Like Hey, we're going to go to the Johnson's house and sleep over. whatever it's called, right? Is that what it is, sleepover, right? Look, I'm sorry. No, no. Your dad's still a Syrian Armenian from Iran. We don't do sleepovers. <laughs> However, if they want to do sleepovers at our house, it's totally okay. But it's at our house. So I said, I want to have a big house so all of my friends, my kids' friends, all want to come to their house. That's how I thought about it. Then... Christmas, you know how Christmas comes in, you're kind of like, who do you want to go to for Christmas? Oh, do we go to your parents' house or your parents' house? Babe, you know the kids want to go to your parents' house. Yeah, I know, babe. Okay. When my kids have that conversation with their husband or wife, babe, guys, where do you want to go? We want to go to Grandpa David Papa's house. I visualize that, no joke, thousands of times. I swear to God. I swear to God, not even messing with you. So my house, I wanted to create a house that not only my kids' wife and husbands come, their kids come and all of their in-laws come. I don't know if you got that. I want all of them to come. So that means you need how big of a house? I need a legit house. I still have 20 years, so I'm gonna get that house because right now the house I bought is like a 20-some million dollar house I live in right now. That house is gonna be a bigger house. All good, it's gonna become a reality. If God keeps me healthy, it's gonna become a reality. Because I went through this formula, guys. This is the formula. And it gets me so emotional thinking about it. Fires me up when I think about it. And some of us, we just live our life. Hey, cool. I'm going to go to Vegas. Let's go. Hey, let's go to Hawaii this year. Let's go to Hawaii this year. Hey, babe, we're making pretty good money. 220. per. Yeah, make more money than your cousins. Make more money than your siblings. It's kind of cool. Make more money than my dad. What the hell is that life all about? What a waste of a life. And you were not put here to just make 220 or 480 or 720. Something bigger with you, but you got to ask those tough questions. Sometimes we don't ask those questions. Let me continue because we're still on the dreams. By the way, for only nine 99 I'm going to show you how to put you. Just kidding. I had you. I had you for a minute. Look at you. I knew he was going to sell something tonight. Okay. All right. Stay with me. This is my vision board. It's three of them. The one on the top left, you see, it took 14 hours for me to put this together. The one in the top four is what excites me. The one on the top right, top left, excites me. Top right inspires me and bottom drives me. So top left is dreams. One day I want to live, dot, 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 okay? Top right is fire, competition, greatness, being the best I wanna meet that path. And the bottom one is history, crusade, cause. And I created a formula where I go on 20-year runs. I don't go on 90-day runs. I don't like one-year runs. I want 20-year runs. Now why 20-year runs? I'll explain it to you here in a second. So for me, everything is visual. I have this painting commission. It's in my house right now. It used to be in my office for the longest time. That's me in the back. By the way, this is a 15-foot painting. If you've never seen it, it's a massive painting. Can you name everybody? Who can name everybody? Who can name it? Can you actually name everybody? Okay, who can name everybody? Most people can't name everybody. Okay, so I'm at the top. I'm in the blue suits. You're right. So that is Tupac. Did everybody get Tupac, by the way? Yes or no? Some of the country people are like, who is that guy? Yeah, but That's, that's a guy named Tupac. Not Tupac, Tupac, right? <laughs> right next to me, it's Senna, Ayrton Senna. Anybody know Senna, the race car driver? If you don't, I name my daughter after Senna. Her name is Senna Rose Bedavid. David. Same spelling. How so much I love that guy. The man in the middle is the Shah. Shah of Iran. When I was born in Iran, he was the king. And it's Lincoln, a Republican. Kennedy, a Democrat. Einstein, who believes socialism. Milton Friedman, who believes in capitalism. MLK, whose approach was very different than Tupac. And they're sitting in a bank vault with a lot of secret hidden messages in there. They're debating two books. One of the books is, if you look at the table, it's Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrug. And the other book they're debating is Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. That's how messed up my mind is, by the way, just so you know that. Okay? <laughs> and there's an empty chair. And one day that empty chair will be revealed. You know what this does to me every time I see it? You don't even know what it does to me. What's yours, by the way? I'm not telling you to go build something like this. But you gotta create these things when you wake up and see them, it fires you. You can't just wing it and put some stuff up there. This takes time to put it together. Let me continue. So, now driving. For me, it's a three step formula for everybody here. Number one is pacing at what pace you want to go. So, some of you guys are like, I'm not gonna work 16 hour days. Great, that's your pacing. Some of you guys may say, I'll do 16 hour days once a week, but I'm not gonna do it five days a week. That's your pace. I'm only doing 12-hour days. No problem. I'm not going to work more than eight hours a day. No problem. I'll go six days a week. Great. But what's your pace? First question you got to answer. What is your pace? Second one is lifespan. For how long are you willing to go at that pace? For how long? One year? Two years? Three years? Five years? I don't know. You got to answer that. Then the last one is your focused effort, which means what? At the beginning, I have to sell all the time. Then it's about recruiting talent. Then it's about developing. Then it's about raising money. So my time changes based on what phase I'm at. Let me make this visual for you. So hopefully this will make sense. This is where people win or lose. Folks, can you tell me what your hardest working day of the year was? Scream out the amount of hours you worked on the hardest working day. Say it on three. Hang on. Get that number in your head. Your hardest working day of the year. You ready? On three, everybody. One, two, three. Okay, great. Your hardest working day. You ready? Nobody cares about your hardest working day. What helps you win is your bottom 100 worst working days. Don't brag about the day you work so hard. I care about your bottom 100. That's where you lose, and that's where you win. So when when you look at this, here's what this is. The top shows four different, if you go to the bottom right, the bottom right shows the one percenter, the 10 percenter, the 20 percenter, and the 80 percenter. This meeting is called what? Eight percent nation. Right, so you got the one percent, ten percent, twenty percent, eighty percent. The eighty percent is the green. Go look at the people who are green. You see how greens, they work hard, they work hard, they work hard. In a bad breakup or client cancels, they go all the way down to a one. One setback destroys those in the eighty percent. The twenty percent, they work hard, they work hard, they go all the way down to an, up to nine and a half, meaning they work just as hard as anybody. But once they get a big check of fifty thousand dollars they go all the way down to a four. Do you see that? The 10%, they work hard, work hard, work hard, nine and, a half. and their worst is six. They still work hard. And then you got the one percent. Their best is nine and a half. Their worst is eight. So you can't compete with those guys. So again, what are the three things? Pacing, then it's what? Span, what's the last one? Focused effort, right? Pacing, span, focused effort. So now, that's one question you got to answer. The next one is the following. In this room, is it fair to say that some have more talent than others? Is that okay if we say that? Is that okay if we say that? Some have more talent than others. Yes or no? Okay. How many guys have ever met an overachiever? Who's met an overachiever? Scream out the overachiever. You personally know. I'm talking about in your friends and family. Not like publicly. You're going to say Steve Jobs. In your, unless if he was your cousin. But anybody in your personal life. Okay. On three, just say his name or her name. Overachiever. On three. One, two, three. Does everybody know he or she was an overachiever in your community? Yes or no? They pretty much know it, right? So what is an overachiever? Somebody that goes above and beyond what people expected him to do. When you look at this, you got three different types of people. The average, the talented, the genius. How many guys have somebody that after school, you thought this person was going to crush it in life, and they did nothing? Who knows anybody like that? Who knows anybody like that, okay? You know what that was? Him or her never wanted to know their capacity. They wasted all that talent happens in sports, happens in military, happens in business, happens everywhere. FYI, this is a very tough chart to look at because some of you guys may leave here saying, I'm a pretty talented guy, but behind closed closer, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm pretty lazy and I'm pretty, like, I'm not that focused and I, like, work hard one month and then I disappear for six weeks and 80% of the time I'm full of shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, you maybe, let's just say that's a reputation. Everybody here's got a reputation, just so you know. Some of you guys got a reputation in you. How many of you guys remember the guy who had a reputation that you don't want to fight in high school? Who knows that guy? Anybody knows that guy? You don't want to fight Johnny. He will knock your ass out. Yes or no? Yes. How many of you guys do? Hey, you know what? That one guy's got a reputation. What's that? Don't get your girl too close to him. <laughs> Why? Why? Just don't. Why? He's that charming. Really? Everybody has a reputation, just like you got a reputation of being a overachiever, an overachiever and achiever, or underachiever. All of us will die with one of those three reputations. If it doesn't bother you, don't even worry about this slide. But if this scares the hell out of you, well, then do something about it. Go do something about it. Leave this place saying, I am currently an underachiever. Let's just say, I'm not going to go like that. I'm going to work my way up to being an achiever. Achiever means what? you doing good in life. Pretty much everybody thought you were going to be at that level. But overachievers, when they say, I'm not going to lie to you, bro, I never thought, no joke. Like one of my friends, Adrian, love this guy, he invites me to Conrad's. <laughs> and we go there, nicest guy. He says, Pat, I-, I just have to tell you this. I know none of our friends will tell you this. I so, said, what's that? He said, Pat, I swear to God, all our parents would talk behind closed doors because yours was the only Armenian family that got a divorce. And everybody say, stay away from Pat because he's going to be one of the biggest drug dealers. And he's going to take all of you guys to jail. And I never thought you are going to do anything with your life. I said, well, at least you said the biggest drug dealer. There's something good about that. That's the biggest. I take that as a compliment, you know. At least it's the biggest, you know. May spend 30 years, but you write about it, man. Say this guy was the biggest. But the point is, nobody in high school thought this guy was going to do anything. I chose one day when I asked those tough questions. So let me wrap this up for many of you. Seven ways to reach your potential. Number one, it must matter to you. If it doesn't, you won't do it. Number two, know the difference between reacting and initiating. Many people are reactors. Taxes change, you react. Your money goes down to $17,000 in a bank account, you react. Something happens in your family, there's a loss of a loved one, they didn't have insurance, you react versus initiate, right? Big difference. Find systems that make you think less and make you more productive. If you don't have systems, like for me, I wanted to have a problem-solving formula that I can transfer to you where you can use it yourself. That's what I, that's my specialty. I want to transfer that over to where you sit there and you say, even up there, we're talking to Todd about how to take this. I think his YouTube channel is going to end up being a million subscriber channel. I think the guy's got a, the goodies to do something big in the industry and even more, by the way. But we were processing stuff to get, I can't help myself. That's where I go to. I process things and we go to it, right? So you got to find systems. So you think less. What does it mean that it's think less? I've been walking this entire time. I've been pressing this button. I'm not thinking to press this button. I'm just walking. I'm not thinking. I'm just doing it you have systems, systems help you think less and you produce more. When you have to think a lot, it takes a lot of your energy away. Conserve your energy, you're gonna need it. Move on faster. Something happens to you, move on. Normally it takes you a week to get over it, do it in three days. Normally it takes you three days to get over it, try to do it in one day. Normally it takes you one day, try to do it in six hours. Normally a bad client pisses, breaks your heart, it takes you six hours, do it in two hours. It's two hours, do it in, by the way, just till today, I don't like rejections. It just doesn't take me a week. It takes me five seconds. Till today, look at presidents debating on stage. They're debating on stage, you know, and boom, they're going back and forth. You don't feel them getting offended? Because they're human beings, but they move on. And they go on to the next one. Even them, they're not robots. None of us are. But you got to move on faster. Next, define hard work. Most people don't know what hard work is. Actually define what hard work means. Put a number to it. Compete up and stop being afraid of competing people bigger than you. Don't be afraid, stop competing with people below you or next to you, go up, compete up. Well, at least I'm making more money than my cousin or my brother or my sister, that's nothing. Let's compete up a little bit, right? If you wanna go out there and compete in a marketplace. Last couple of things before I wrap up. Why should someone work for you or with you? This is a question we rarely ask. Number one, what benefits are you currently offering to others? By the way, this is not just working for you as an employee or salesperson. This is also working with you as a client. Why should someone, what benefits do I get from somebody working with, from me working with you? What benefits do you offer? Can you actually write those down? You know how many times I've gone through this myself? What benefits? I'd sit down with the home office employees with my seven C-suite executives. What benefits do we offer, guys? And we figured out. We just had a meeting two weeks ago in South Florida. Everybody flew in. We had a 3 days you know, from 7 a.m. till midnight. All we did is Blue Ocean strategy on answering these questions for three straight days after SWOT analysis. Next. In what way do people improve by associating with you? If I'm your friend, does my life get better? If I work with you, does my life get better? Do I make more money? How many lives have you changed positively in the past year? Can you make a list? And in what way? Not in an arrogant way, but what's your reputation, right? What makes your company distinct from your competition? What separates your leadership style from others? Do you have a code of honor that you embody? Do you embody it? What benefit programs will they get from being associated with somebody like you? These are things that you think about. Now, let me wrap up here and we bring up Cody. Here's the last thing I want you to be thinking about. Pre-COVID, we had different types of problems to solve. During COVID, how many of you guys were like, oh my gosh, I have no clue how to overcome? How many of you guys, COVID was a pretty strange time for all of us? Yes or no? Like some problems we had to address that we never knew how to address, right? It's officially post-COVID. During COVID, America printed $6.5 trillion of money. Just so you know, 40% of all the money ever printed in America was printed in the last 12 months. <laughs> Let me say it one more time, please listen. Please listen to what I just said. Nearly 40% of all the money ever printed in America was printed in the last 12 months, 15 months. We've been on since 17, 17 to 20, 45 years. 40 percent and you know what's crazy all this money they printed let's give stimulus to this to that person to this person you know what happened no matter who they gave the money to guess who the money flowed to to the rich people the rich got richer not because they're bad people because they were ready because poor people don't know how to manage their money when it comes to them there was three types of people those who just became in the last the last nine months I have made more money the last nine months than my entire lifetime. And I've made a lot of money in my lifetime. I've made more money in the last nine months than my entire lifetime. Okay, my entire lifetime. Why? Because we were ready for this season. But I'm gonna tell you this here. Money flows. So three types of people, poor got poor, rich got richer. The people in the middle who were ready, they got richer. There's a lot of new money, by the way. Some of them are in the room here. A lot of new money, but we're officially at post-COVID. Everybody here leaves. How you do the next 12, 24, 36, 60 months will be predicated based on what kind of strategies you have in place. If you do it right, money is gonna to flow to you. If you don't, money's gonna to flow to somebody else. But if you just go winging it, don't expect money to come to you. All I'm gonna say is, if you think money was made the last five, 10 years, nothing close to the kind of money that's gonna be made the next 10, 20 years, if you go on the right run. Having said that, thank you so much for your time, everybody. Appreciate you.